Oh, it's hot. It's hot in here. Oh, I love the heat. Scorcher. I love the heat. Yeah. You love the heat? Yes. Do you like being sticky and Man hot? in his natural habitat. Every time it's hot outside, I, like, I get out, I look up at the sun, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> Some people like run from their car, air-conditioned cars to air-conditioned homes, you know? Yeah. I sit out like a lizard. <laughs> soak it. Barely, moving, soak it barely moving my eyes with a cursory blink. What are we talking about? <laughs> Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Dunder Mifflin The people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and white-collar convict, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's Big Tuna. And you know, with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. A boss is like a teacher, and I am like the cool teacher. <laughs> Mr. Handel. Mr. Handel. <laughs> Mr. Handel would hang out with us, and he would tell us awesome We're jokes. doing a long one. Good. He actually hooked up with one of the students. Um... And then, like, 12 other kids came forward and sent all the papers. Wow. Really ruined eighth grade for us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, every week, we discuss a topic about our favorite show, NBC's The Office, the American version. And this week, uh, we're going to do season three. Our yeah. favorite comedy or right? favorite We've... show? Is this your favorite TV show? I don't know. I say that every week. Is that? I mean, is it your favorite? <laughs> I would say it's my favorite. I'd say it's your favorite it, show. It is above all other shows. <laughs> like you can't rank it. So it's your favorite the, show. Yeah, you can't rank it with the other shows because you watch it so much. We've all I've seen the whole show twenty five times. How many times do you think you've watched The Office? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> but yes, it is my favorite show. I mean, it's the only show I have a podcast about. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, same. I guess it's my favorite show, too. All right. Well, glad we figured that out. Thanks. Um, Thanks so we, we've already done a season one. We've already done a season two. Uh, we're doing season three. We're working our way it's the natural up. progression of things. Yes. Um, season three aired from September 21st, 2006 to May 17th, 2007. What a time. Uh, the Office was hot in yeah. season three. This was a big deal. Critically acclaimed. Season three was renewed before season two was over. They renew they were let's see, they renewed it after the carpet, episode fourteen. And wow. then it went on for another eight episodes after that. That's okay. very early to renew a show. Yeah, absolutely. I think just in general, following this trajectory where we recap individual seasons, I think season three is a pretty exciting one for us to get into because it is so critically acclaimed and widely loved with a lot of signature moments, a lot of uh, key episodes. So excited to dig into it. Yes. Me too. It's one I, of my favorites. Also big, uh, probably the season I've seen the most on DVD, hmm. you know, yeah. a lot of, the, lot of DVD watches at this one because it was one of the first like the full, it's a 20, it's 25 episodes. It's like, again, yeah, top to bottom. I was I was thinking about this earlier that if you could take like one season and pull it out of the office and it would feel like the most complete season yes of the of TV it would be season three. That's a good point because what what it is about this season is it starts with the office being split up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and we introduce we introduce a couple new characters who are fantastic. Um, of course, Andy Bernard's appears in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashida Jones, um, Tony, Karen Filippelli. Please leave Karen me the Filipelli. message. <laughs> Hannah, uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah Smovich, Bar, <laughs> Martin Nash, Tony, Tony Gardner, Pepperoni Tony. <laughs> Um, and then, and then you know, uh, and then the merger episode where where they all come together. This so it starts. I think season two is really it starts where the main issues are kind of all about the company. There's going to be downsizing. They're going to close a branch, and then it ends with a lot of kind of more relationship issues. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I think the the idea that the show pivots from focusing on the overarching what's going on with the company and what's going on with mm-hmm. the branch to what's going on with the characters, I think that facilitates better storytelling, right? It mm. facilitates more character growth, development, and that's what we as as viewers are really more invested in. Before we move too quickly into the season, I, I love the idea that you th- you brought out with it begins with the office sort of split up in two different locations, right? Right. Scranton mm-hmm. and Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, there's a storytelling sort of trope called en media res. Yeah. I was going to say that. Wait, okay. wait, what did you say? It's called en media res. En media res. In the okay. middle of things. In the what middle of things. It's a Latin term for in the middle of things. Okay. So uh, a couple of good examples. Uh, if you think back to the Odyssey, right? Yes, the Odyssey. Very familiar. <laughs> But just give me a recap. Sure. Think back. So yes, the yes, Odyssey yes. following the Trojan War, which is the the Iliad, right? Mm-hmm. And the Odyssey is Homer's uh, recounting of uh, the the journey home uh, by Odysseus, right? And uh, basically, it begins with him on the island of the uh, of the Harpies, I want to say, or the Sirens. Mm. Um, but anyway, it begins with him. Like the war is over and they're journeying home and all these um, big events in the story have already happened, right? A mm-hmm. uh, better example, or at least a more modern example, is Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So when Game of Thrones begins in the first book, Robert's Rebellion is over. The big war to unseat the Targaryens mm-hmm. and Same defeat the Mad King. Sure. All of that is, all of that is, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> but, but, Just wanted to slip it in there. <laughs> but basically the events of Game of Thrones begin after this big war has taken place. So, Great stories often begin in the midi- in the middle of things. Mm. Yeah, and and another example, of course, is is in the office. We've got uh, <laughs> uh, Pam has called off her wedding, and I think that that's such a incredible way to start this season. That that there's it, the pieces are moving in the right direction, but but not. It, 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 Pam calls off her wedding with Roy. That's an opportunity for Jim and Pam to get it together. But Jim is now moved to Stanford. Right. So how are they going to get together now? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, let's see. What, look, do you want to dive right in? Are we going to go by episode? How do you want to I do think, it? yeah, let's just go over the major. I think we should go over the major beats of the season. Right. And then uh, go into maybe signature moments or things that stand out from the season. So we can go episode by episode or we can go kind of moment by moment. Or it theme starts by theme. with a bang. Gay yeah. witch hunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, of course, uh, Michael discovers that uh, that Oscar's gay. Uh, 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 the human resources. Uh, <laughs> Toby tells him that. <laughs> How dare you! I almost forgot. I was going to say Tony. We were talking about pepperoni mm-hmm. Tony. Pepperoni and, Toby. Um, uh, Toby tells him. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if like he's being reprimanded for for calling Oscar gay, um, for not liking Die Hard. Right. Uh, for prefer- for preferring, uh, what is it? 
Romeo and Juliet or Shakespeare oh, in Love. Oh, yeah, Shakespeare in Love. To Die Hard. Yes. An action movie. Yes. Not just an action movie, Toby, but Die Hard. <laughs> it begins with Toby kind of explaining to Michael yeah. why he's there, what like kind of has transpired. Toby, was that a good idea to tell Michael that I mean, he's actually gay? Did you think he had to? I mean, you have to. I think... You know, as the manager, you should know. And, the, and I think the, yeah, the idea is that Michael will be able to hand that with a little bit more uh, tact or grace, you right, know? Right, um, But instead, Michael goes to Oscar and he's like, you got to forgive me. I've been calling people faggy since I was in junior high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't call your friends. You don't call retarded people retarded, right? You call your friends <laughs> retarded when they're acting retarded. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Michael gets reprimanded by Jan. This is a great... Jan reprimanding Michael moment because mm-hmm. he's just still making cracking jokes about it and stuff like that. Another thread through this whole season, the Michael and Jan is, is yeah, fantastic. Right? Oh yeah, uh, and uh, they are not uh, they are not together at this point, right? We've... Yeah, they kind of come together in the middle of the season. That's right. But yeah, but basically, are, is through... he with Carol already at this moment? Yeah, he's with Carol. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but basically, the episode plays out where Michael is kind of giving Oscar moments to kind of come out publicly. They go into the conference room. Yeah. He has Dwight do some research, right? All of it is very misguided yeah. uh, and, and very awkward. And I think, actually, at the time that this episode came out, it was kind of praised for the way that it kind of handled this topic, you know? Mm. Obviously, like, it's pretty terrible the way that Michael does it, but, like, uh, in in the way, like, it's, it, it's at least, I think... Um, Praise at least for the way that it's kind of yeah. addressed. He, he represents like a childish, correct, mis, just complete childish ignorance mm. of what homosexuality even means or is. He just has a schoolyard approach yeah. to it, and so they do a good job of of like taking that mentality there's and a, playing with it. There's another moment, like Edwin always says, you know, there's these moments where people are speaking to the audience. I think that's that's when Jan is reprimanding Michael. He, she's saying this is completely inappropriate. Don't you understand that you've outed? Right. Oscar. Right. This is a huge deal for in the gay community. Um, and so that's that's her kind of saying, like, guys, this is, the, you know, w- like everything that's happening here is wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like the way that Michael goes about it is is terribly misguided. But what we actually see from the show as a whole is portraying kind of how serious and how impactful that kind of thing can be. And Oscar says to the to the larger group like this is the most terrible most backward day of my life this is a part of my life i wasn't expecting to share with you today Mm -hmm. um but here we are yes yeah so i mean for me personally i watched this all (laughs) oh sorry life is sex (laughs) i watched this episode with all of my friends on tv the night it aired did you do you guys remember that? Did you do that? Yeah, I, I watched. I also I remember I watching. You were there. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't actually think I watched the season live on TV. Yeah. Well, you said it was from 2006. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Through. Yeah. I didn't. I had no. I had no access to a TV at that time. Yeah. I only. I think I only started watching it weekly. Uh, season four. Late one. Bloomer. One thing that I read about didn't have a TV. this episode is that. Uh, the kiss was improvised. There are several scenes of them kind of embracing and coming together. Mm. And in the end, you know, there's a, there's a recap from Oscar Martinez, the actor's name, yeah. where uh, he's like, he, I see Steve Carell like so close to me and I think, oh my God, he's going to plant one on me. Yeah. You know. 
but yes, the kiss itself is improvised. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. I feel like, and it could, feels that way. That look on his face really is like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Um, I forgot too that Dwight goes in for a kiss after. Yeah, that. that's <laughs> such a funny, like a perfectly. If you watch the bloopers, sometimes you can see moments that are improvised that actually make it into the show that are really laughed at. I'm thinking of season seven when Michael spanks Luke in. Um, in the nepotism episode, mm-hmm. and then Dwight gets up and like spanks Andy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, really rough. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah but rough. I love the intuition from. Dwight Rain. loves to take it too far. I love the intuition from Rain Wilson to kind of take that upon himself <laughs> to get up to also go to kiss Oscar, and everybody's like, "Okay, Dwight, s- settle down." Oh gosh, well uh, that's a it's a great episode to kick off the uh, the season. Um, the next episode, oh, I should say we also get to see Jim's life in Stanford uh, at this uh, in this episode. Um, uh, he yeah, let, let, let's talk about Stanford for a sec. I feel yeah. like because I feel like that covers a few episodes. Because mm-hmm. if I don't know, we, there's what twenty five episodes this season or no twenty twenty five doubles. Yeah, yeah, we got well, this is the we they ten and eleven is one hour long yeah. and the forty twenty four and twenty five. The job yeah. is one. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're, if we can do it in chunks, I feel like yeah, like yeah, I think major beats or themes yeah. or plot points, and I think Jim in, in Stanford is a big one. Yeah, and I think you know, kind of through season two, what we kind of see from Jim and from the show is that Jim is kind of portrayed as someone who's ready for kind of bigger and better things. Right, right? that Jim perhaps has outgrown the role that he has in Scranton, kind of as subservient mm-hmm. to Michael and to a lesser extent Dwight, right? Because Dwight's the number two, right? And Jim is someone who seems to be marked for you know. A, uh, a bigger thing right and in Stanford we kind of see that opportunity right we get to see that kind mm-hmm. of yes out. but it's also it's also this weird kind of like mirrored reality of uh, of uh, Dunder Mifflin Scranton because um, you got Andy who seems to be like a different version of Dwight and you've got Karen who's you know opposite the- of Dwight you could say <laughs> <laughs> Josh is the opposite I of mean, Michael. His new love, his new somebody he's interested in, it just like he was with Pam, right? But I mean, mirror. I'm talking like straight mirrors, almost like yeah, like Josh Porter and Michael Scott couldn't They're be. Oh more yeah, that, different. exactly. Yes. Andy and Dwight couldn't think, be more different. Right, right, yeah. right. And if you think of the activities that Michael always makes them do and Noah's interested in, compared to them all playing Call of Duty, which they're all actually mm-hmm. kind of pretty right, into. Right. Yeah. Also, by the way, the way the office is set up has always bugged me. Like the way that. All the salespeople, you see Karen, Jim, and Andy just back to back to back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Back to back to back. They can all see. Everyone can see what Jim is doing. (laughs) Or or Andy, whoever's at the front. Jim is at at the front. front. Andy's behind him. No, because Andy, Andy, Jim, Karen. Right? Uh, I believe. Karen is at the back. The only reason I say this is because she doesn't take the shot. Exactly. That's right. Oh, now I'm. And Jim turns around to Karen. I, anyway, it's just always bugged me that like Closer everyone can see what Andy's doing, and then like, it's just very uh, it's a weird setup. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, I mean, Jim does put Andy's stuff in Jello just like he does with Dwight, but Andy's reaction freaks him out. Right. We see that kind of angry Andy side, and we see the beginning of Andy, and I think. It's important to kind of mark season three as kind of this beginning point of Andy's character because, and I know we'll do a deeper dive into Andy later on, but like Andy's character changes so much and is so sort of pliable to what the story needs that like 
and like what the story needs in season three is for someone who feels like Dwight, but is a little more severe in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like someone who's like even less predictable than Dwight. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think one of the funny things about the Jim and Dwight sort of pranking thing that goes on is that Jim can kind of anticipate Dwight's reactions in a way. And with Andy, it's like, well, I have no idea what he's going to do. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I feel like there's this weird thing where like Jim wants to be in Stanford. But um, I don't think he really likes it. He doesn't like pranking Andy like he loves pranking Dwight. He doesn't really like Karen as much as he loves Pam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Karen's not challenging to him because she's available and actually interested in him. And Mm. you know what I'm saying? She's the one who's after him a little bit more. He doesn't like... Uh, playing Battlefield or whatever Call, 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 of, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, that, <laughs> he, he doesn't. He he almost would prefer to sit through one of Michael's stupid conference rooms. Don't you think? I, I, don't, I hear what you're saying. It's a yeah. bit of a square peg and round hole. Yeah, yeah. he's. Jim not, and I mean, him and he and Pam are such a sort of portrayed as a sort of ideal couple in this sort of perfect match. And him and Karen, while they are compatible, right, while they do get together, are maybe portrayed as a little less than perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Even though Jim. Mm-hmm places sort of uh, endearing sort of lovable moves right yeah. and Karen is interested in him I, I agree that getting into that relationship is less of a challenge but mm-hmm. they do seem okay for each other even if they're not mm-hmm. you know and let's not forget too that Jim is probably still in the emotional wake of Correct. putting all his cards on the table for Pam and being like here it is Yes or no, and she says no, and he's like, "All right, I'm out of here then." Yeah. So he's still he's like in go, a place. He's like, "I'm not. I'm gonna doing go fo- this again. Focus on work." Yeah. I'm gonna- As Jim said, "I put it all on the li- I put it all on the line for Pam." Insert half smile twice. <laughs> she rejected me. Uh, but let's keep moving through. Let's the season. keep moving yeah. through the season. All right. Well, we- also, uh, well, just to go now during all that, what's happening back back home in Scranton right. is, of course, the coup. Uh, the sort of Grief rumblings of, of oh, yeah. Jan leaving, my, mm-hmm. or uh, Michael going to corporate, Dwight wanting to move into Michael's and, position. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think, too, just to, like right before that, we have the convention where yeah. Jim mm-hmm. and Dwight great... and Josh and Michael are all at the convention together, right? And we get to see sort of Michael's um, sort of... Uh, he, he's so excited to be at this, like... You know, he calls it like a booze-filled sex romp or something yes, like that, he right? Does. Swag, and he's like, it's the mid northeastern regional yes. office supply convention, right? Yeah, it's and so I think contained. what we get to see is Michael and Jim kind of hash out, you know, why Jim left because Michael seems to take it so personally. He says, "You're a great boss." Yeah, you were right? a great boss, exactly. Yeah. Michael has that party in his room, right? right? That no one comes to. Uh, funny thing that I noticed in the convention is that there's a guy who comes to and he's like, "Hey, is this room 308 or whatever?" And and uh, Michael's like, "Yep, yep, yep. Here it is, Party Central." And he's like, "I thought there was a party here. There's no one else in the room." Michael's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, "Yeah, come on in. You're the first one." And the guy's like, oh, "Okay, I think I'm gonna leave." Yeah, it's Stevie from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing we see here in this episode is Pam going on a blind date, right? Trying to oh, re-enter yeah. the dating pool. And I think what we see in these episodes that you've listed, the convention, the coup, grief counseling, kind of just to keep moving through the season is that we see Pam kind of on her own in a way. Yeah. You know, Pam in grief counseling kind of has to console Michael sort of by, you know, herself, mm. right? Like she doesn't have the sort of ally friend in gym to mm. kind of get through these sort of bad days. You yeah, see like- moments where there's something funny that happens in the office and Pam looks to Ryan. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a psychological thing, right? When it's like there's right. something funny that happens, you look at the person who you feel most close yeah, to, yeah, yeah. and she looks to Ryan, and Ryan's like, what? 
Yeah. You know? Such a dick. Well, he's just so, sitting where Jim used to sit. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, so she, he doesn't have that same connection to Pam, right? And so mm-hmm. Pam has to kind of like deal with that or live in that, you know? Yeah. It, it is funny that she's she keeps going with it and gets some enjoyment out of that. I mean, maybe she's bonding with the film crew at this point or something like that. I, who knows? But yeah, they have the funeral for the bird. Right. Um, there's some sweet moments there with, with her. Um, maybe uh, he died alone, but that doesn't mean he wasn't loved. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a moment where Pam is speaking directly to Michael. Mm-hmm. His kappa was detained from his head. What's the part where she makes Dwight run around the building and times him with a thermometer? I believe that's the cold open for the merger. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah, uh, I think Toby comes in and has run a race. And it's like, what's your what's your mile or what's your uh, what was your pace? And Toby gives a number. I'll yeah. say it's like eight minute miles or, or something like that. And Dwight's like, yeah, I can do be that in the car or something like that. So Pam begins to time him running around the building. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this. This yeah. isn't even a stopwatch. This is a thermometer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, keep going. Mm-hmm. I got to get back to work. Um, I mean, there's some other great moments before the merger. Diwali's a, f- a fantastic episode. I mean, I think what we see... You know, we've talked about how in the early seasons, Ryan is kind of set up as a main character. Part of that is kind of an inheritance from the BBC office. Part of that is them bringing on BJ Novak as kind of this up and coming sort of writer, comedian star. And I do think we get some Ryan moments in the first few episodes. I'm thinking of Initiation, where Dwight takes him out to be, you know, like a new salesman, right? And he right. takes him to the, he's like, uh, he takes him out to the beet farm. Well, and now you that, have to vanquish fear, that you know? It feels so much earlier to me. <laughs> or you, you don't, I feel like that's an episode that I always think is later in the show. Where Dwight takes Ryan out to yeah, for the I don't sales know thing? Why. Huh. Maybe just because they go to shoot farms and mm-hmm. and you start to well, explore the, yeah, yeah. these other places later in the show. Mm-hmm. Ryan, just get in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Where are I, the animals? That's a that's a <laughs> great that's a great introduction to Most. Dwight's life. They really and yeah, like they expand Dwight's character so right. so is intentionally that, in is that. Is that episode. the introduction of Moe's? Is that the first yeah. time we meet Moe's? I think it's the first time we see him. He might Mose. have mentioned him before. He's well, mentioned, he mentioned him about before. him, yeah. 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 Definitely. But I think that's the first real um, time we meet him. Moses is like, he seemed nice. To fight fear. After Diwali is a is a, an important episode, branch closing. Before we get there, I just, okay. I just oh, want to oh. say really quick, I'm sorry. Hang but like, on. Diwali is another important, I think Diwali is one of my favorite episodes from the season. Oh, okay. And like, it's just such a funny moment. It's where Michael and Carol break up. Mm-hmm. It's where we see Ryan and Kelly sort of at this moment where Ryan meets with Kelly's parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, just talk about Ryan moments. Like this is a moment where Ryan seems to kind of diverge from Kelly a little bit. And you kind of see that like, you know, he's like, trying to save up to travel and buy an Xbox or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. um, Then we see Pam, you know, she's texting Jim and then nothing really happens, right? Like, mm. you, you again kind of see this thing where where, uh, where Pam is, is kind of alone, right? Yeah. She's kind of alone in the story to, uh, to some extent. Right. Um, but, right. But let's move to branch closing because I think that's a major plot point in the season. Ma- major plot point. Uh, Jan, at the start of this episode, tells Michael with, with like, I mean... <laughs> uh, she doesn't seem, uh, she seems thrilled to tell Michael that Scram Branch is closing. Yeah, she has a, no, she's not sentimental. She just gets right to it. He, uh, she, <laughs> the, the, the term <laughs> absorb, you, yeah. it being absorbed, yeah. is very robotic and very non-feeling, yeah. which Michael doesn't like. Am I a small number person or am I a severance package person? She's like, We've... Well, <laughs> we're still figuring it out, but you're a severance package person. <laughs> oh. 
Don't do this to me, Jan. After all we've been through, Jan. I bought you. I bought you jade earrings. <laughs> I know I hurt you. Yeah, don't hurt, don't hurt me like I hurt you. No. <laughs> don't hurt me. But but then like Michael is supposed to sit on this information and he can't. You know, he's right. like out there in the office. He's like, enjoy your work. Oh, you still can. You know, he's saying like really ominous there, things like that. Try and yeah. put on a brave face. Yeah. <laughs> we are screwed. Show me that farm. And then Toby comes through because he also knows. Right. But Michael, you know, is really upset. He's a bit. He, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's so pissed. Yeah. Toby. yeah. For betraying the office or whatever. So in a last ditch effort to save the branch, he and Dwight drive to David Wallace's house. Right. Yes. And Dwight has David Wallace's address. He's like, why do you have that? He's a Christmas card list. He's like, have you ever met him? He goes, no. But when I do, I have something to talk about. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Stamford branch, everyone is learning that they have they're going to absorb the Scranton branch. Uh, Josh will be the new um, head of Dunder Mifflin Northeast. That's right. Andy is leading, Andy the is, uh, leading the, ch- the chant, Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, like it's a pep yeah. rally or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. And Jim is trying to get information about who's going to be transferred, right? Yeah. And Josh is very uh, noncommittal. Right. Like, I well, wouldn't worry J- about it, Jim. He doesn't like the chanting that's yeah. happening. He mm-hmm. says, everyone chill out. Mm-hmm. The first of many times, Stanley is delighted that the prospect he might be done working there. I'm going to take my severance retire. package. I'm going to retire. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever worked at a place that closed? Like you didn't leave or get fired or anything, but the place just closed? Um, every job I have <laughs> ends after two but you months. All know, you all know it's ending when you yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, You yeah. all know it. Okay. No, I'm never... Andy Bernard, my summer at Enron, my yeah. internship at Bear Stearns. Yeah. <laughs> um, never? No, I don't think so. Have you? I, I did. I worked at a I worked at a company that that went under, and it was like, all right. the The, the feeling is very very weird of knowing that everything you're doing now is all for naught, and it's like, wow, yeah. Well, run through the base, guys. Just finish it out. It's mm-hmm. like you're it's, like Ryan digitizing the Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 this immediate just feeling of it's like senioritis, but like mm. in a way more darker way because you're not graduating. Yeah. You're just like. Well, this is all over, yeah. uh, and you just just have to make plans for your life. And so, I don't know it, to see them do it in this episode. To see the the characters like Stanley relaxes, other people freak out, and you, right. get, you get a sense of where everyone's at in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, we learn. Um, Josh tells Jan that he has accepted a senior management position at Staples. Yeah. Damn it, Josh! This whole plan was centered around keeping you. <laughs> and then it cuts. Say to what Jan. you want about Michael Scott. He would not do that. Yeah, it's very true. Company man. I don't think he'd get that senior management job at Staples, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the tables have turned. Michael and Dwight have saved the day. Right. <laughs> they're they're standing mean, outside of David Wallace's house all day. Dwight works no for there. Josh later on? I wish they'd... They should have had Josh. They should have had Josh show up. Like, yeah. They should have. I have no idea. Dwight. They met at the at convention. The convention. Like, yeah. yeah, like he's visiting the store. That's There's that funny. moment yeah. where they're. I mean, I love when they're outside of David Wallace's house and they're both wearing those long coats and they do the role play. <laughs> yes. Where Dwight. Ah. Where yeah, right. Where Dwight is David Wallace and he's like, Scott, listen, it's just dollars and cents. It's a business and it's a dying business. And Michael's like, okay, start over. He's gonna be more intimidated than that. You really, right. really get Michael in the second yeah. take. Dwight I was like, whoa, whoa, what is the meaning of this? You know? But that's yeah. actually a great scene because you see 
it's a very good illustration of like Dwight's actually a very smart guy. Yeah. He right. understand he's not oblivious. <laughs> he's just he's loyal and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And you really see that in that scene. Really? Uh, Have you out. ever heard of paper? Yeah. That's what he says when at Staples when uh that other saleswoman doesn't know what Dunder Mifflin is. <laughs> I don't like him. His beady little eyes. <laughs> I love his his uh, just a great bit of physical comedy for Ray Wilson when he swigs the Gatorade and hands it to Michael. He's like, "Replenish your fluids." The way he <laughs> oh says God. that, just and he porch. gets the, the text message. He goes, "We're not close. Stanford is close." Right? They're like, "We did it!" And they all cheer, and then they go, "What do we do?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> it's a great moment. Oh God. Yep. Uh, followed by uh, mirroring that- their trip to New York. Mm-hmm. Next, we get the merger, which is this spectacular episode where we get to see Andy, Bernard, and Michael Scott. Worlds collide. Yeah, the branches come together. Yeah. Worlds collide. Uh, Jim and Karen now together. Back at Scranton. Pam is single. Karen Filippelli. (laughs) Italian. Possibly Filipina. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're exotic looking. Was your dad a GI? Oh, my God. That is... Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, God. I'll be the number two in this office in under six months. How? Personality mirroring, name repetition, and never breaking off a handshake. Right. <laughs> you just right. get to, it pays off right away. He's like, hello, Michael. Thank yeah. you for these nifty gifties. Nifty gifties. They are nifty, nifty. right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like a Sandy Bernard guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a good sense about him, right? Yeah, uh, yeah and then and then it's it's a it's, we, it's a whole slew of episodes that kind of plays with the, these people all coming oh, together. Yeah. And but, I think, too, like what we kind of see, but I'm sorry, but yeah. like we really kind of see is in the merger, them, it be, like all the people that come from Stanford, they initially kind of get whittled down, right? right. Tony, because he can't get on the table, mm-hmm. one of the more awkward scenes in the whole show. Oh, it's yeah. It's tough. He, he quits right there. You know, we get to see um, Lazy Scranton, mm-hmm. right? Oh, wow, Which yeah. is a real moment in time, right? Yes. Standing with my my what is it? Standing in the morning with a, pl- a plate of grilled bacon. Call my man Dwight just to see what's shaking. Yeah. Right. The electric city. You didn't didn't you think the electric city? They call it that because of the electricity. <laughs> That's so good. Didn't you think Lazy Scranton was funny? No, was it supposed to be funny? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, but yeah, Tony. Yeah, Hannah. No one gets along with Hannah. She sticks around for a little bit. Well, she quits. Martin. She quits off screen. Right. Yeah. yeah, Martin, who is the convict. Correct. Next episode. Um, yeah. Is uh, participated in. I was surprised training. to see written by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Mm-hmm. That's right. Convict. Yep. 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 I was surprised they uh, they dip back in. We get to see Prison Mike, one of the most memorable characters and moments in the whole show. Oh, so good. The 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 nameplate of our logo. Yes, yeah. That's right. That's right. We're not the nameplate. What's the the masthead? Yeah. There we go. I had Martin explain to me what he <laughs> went to prison for, because it sounds a lot like. What I do here every day. It's a good Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Your Kevin's getting getting great. Where uh, it used to be shit, but now it's so good. <laughs> I've been working on it every day. That's so racist. Why? You think he's black? <laughs> he is black. He is black. Yeah. And then the way where Dwight tries to like trap him into doing another crime by walking behind him with like a back pocket full of dollar bills. Oh my bills. god. <laughs> <laughs> he leans down. It's just, oh, oh man. God. You name me a white person that you trust, and I will name you a black person that I trust. Pam, my dad. He goes, <laughs> Apollo Creed. <laughs> Apollo Creed. 
Stanley <laughs> hated that answer. Do you really expect us to believe that you're a different person? Do you really expect me to not push you up against the wall, Biatch? Oh, Michael, Michael. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, it's how we and talk you, in the clink. You would be the bell of the ball. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. All like right, Michael. Hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. <laughs> You got a good life. You got a good life. life. Yeah, that's. uh, I should have that as a drop. You have a good life. Scare you straight. That's pretty good. Moving forward to a Benihana Christmas. Benihana Christmas, the second annual Christmas episode, which is established as kind of the seminal recurring tradition of the Christmas episode. Just like life, Christmas. No, not Harry Potter. (laughs) Sorry, I knew I had one more in there. (laughs) Just like life, Christmas is an important occasion every year. (laughs) Um, directed by the great Harold Ramis. Hey, shout out. Of uh, Ghostbusters and, mm-hmm. and many other things. Orange County. Um, this is... Uh, oh, at the start of this episode, Michael uh, is going to invite Carol to Jamaica. But he photoshopped his face onto a picture of Carol and her ex-husband and their children at a ski trip. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's a bold move to do that. Am I using the right word? Bold? bold. Yeah. Um, she dumps him. Maybe you can get over your concerns in Jamaica's largest freshwater pool. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael is uh, crestfallen. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy tries to cheer him up Two by taking him to Betty Hanna. paradise. <laughs> Back your bags. We're leaving day after tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Andy. Andy says uh, we got to go cheer you up. We're taking you to Benny Hanna. They filmed this in a real Benny Asian Hanna. Hooters. <laughs> Is that the Asian Hooters? Mm-hmm. Oh god. Um, they did film this in a real Benny Hanna. He they uh, flirt with their waitress and then show up with two different waitresses. <laughs> the this is something yeah. that I'm always yeah. had trouble with. I That's think not good. Some scene got cut or something. What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and then back in the office, there's a separate Christmas party that is planned. The Angela and the party planning committee are planning a Nutcracker Christmas. Yes. And then Pam and Karen form the committee to plan parties. Well, they, this is it. Opens with this great moment where they're all have they're all party planning together, and they've invited Karen into the party planning committee. And Karen's got all these ideas like karaoke and. Blah, what do you blah. think would be something from the Stanford branch to make the Stanford people feel more welcome? Yeah. How about karaoke? Angela's like, no. Christmas drinking game. And Angela says, uh, you know, you gave this a try, but clearly this isn't a fit. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Karen's like, are you serious? And everyone just kind of looks down and kind of yeah. demures. And, Everyone's afraid of Angela. Yeah. So then Karen kind of, or uh, Pam sort of makes this uh, sort of um, gesture to Karen. It's yeah. like, you know, that's really terrible what Angela did. Yeah. And Karen's like, oh, man, thank you. And then yeah. you see this kind of weird moment where Jim watches Pam and Karen kind of as friends, you know? Yep. And yep. then they, again, form that uh, separate Christmas party. Right. Um, Margarita karaoke Christmas. <laughs> that's right. The competing Christmas car- parties. <laughs> uh, Double fudge brownies? Angela. Get some good stuff. Well, and, and uh, can we go after that, the back from vacation? Yeah. Because I feel like some big stuff goes on there, or at least for Pam's storyline, like that's one of the hardest times I feel like Pam has in this show is is that episode. Oh yeah. One of the few. I'm so sorry. Before we go past yeah. Benny on a Christmas, a moment that I wanted to call out is just Dwight and Angela because Dwight has a really hard time at the Benny Hanna and Angela has a really hard time well, yeah. at the in the office. And when they kind of get together at the end of the episode, like Angela says to Dwight, like 
I had the worst day here, you know? Mm-hmm. We see them kind of get together in a way. They're always kind of hiding. They're always off yeah. in secret. And just to have that moment between the two of them, like, it's a very nice moment for their, yeah. for their character arc and their relationship. Oh, but, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's really beautiful because it is, they are these very, like, stubborn, lone wolf type characters in the office, but they, they need, a, sometimes they need they a find little... Mo- they, they, like, make these gestures where they're, like, right. trying to hide from the other characters. Right, but right. that's a moment where they're kind of together. But let's move forward to back from vacation. Well, okay, and then... Michael oh, returns from Sandals. Right, who he's gone to with Jan. Uh, that's not Jan. It, it's a German woman named Urkel Grew. <laughs> Urkel Grew. Yeah. Uh, well, I know I wanted to bring... I only want to bring this episode okay. up just because of... In, in Pam's storyline, like, I rewatched this one recently, and... Uh, you know, we've talked about Jim and Pam. Are they are they good people? Do they make fun of people too much? Hmm. Are they are they too smart for their own good with with these other people? But like this episode is such is just really really hard for Pam because she helps kind of uh, the the argument between Jim and Karen over moving the apartments and right. that kind of whole silly thing. And Pam kind of helps with that situation hmm. uh, at the exp- complete expense of her feelings and at the complete yeah. expense of everything she feels about Jim yeah. and she cries at the end of this episode and it's like it's yeah. really really touching yeah. it's yeah. kind of like she uh, must be PMSing really bad another sweet moment between Pam and Dwight yeah it's just a real moment yeah. for Pam I mean I good. think if we're establishing what this episode kind of means in the context of the characters like what this means is, is Michael and Jan getting together right mm-hmm. and Michael bungling it kind of immediately right yeah. and then as uh, as kind of another moment is is Jim and being very hesitant to commit to Karen, right? And Pam kind of is like to your point becomes kind of the intermediary, kind of help that. But then like the Jim and Pam sort of dynamic in the early seasons is is a lot more nuanced, I think, than will they won't they? Because it's not like they're both single. And mm. a lot of times, will they won't they is like, oh, these people are the opposite, and then they get together, right? Mm. And you know, I think what we see is two people who clearly like have an affinity and an attraction and a connection, but there's always kind of something in their way. The timing is really wrong, right? Yeah. As Jim himself says in in uh, season six, you know, it's to waiting, right? Right. And so again, it's just it's such an awkward thing to try to navigate, right? Like, what are either what are any of them supposed to do, right? And so Pam, you know, trying to help her friend, but like realizing the the kind of emotional hurt that this causes her, right? She, you know, again removes herself from the scene and begins to cry, even though Karen is like, thank you so much for talking some sense mm-hmm. into Halbert, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's such an interesting moment, uh, kind of a complicated moment, right? It's like, there's a lot of feeling and a lot of emotional weight to that moment, but like, how else do you process that, right? And Pam mm. just kind of lets it out. And then Dwight, in, in a classic office moment where there's a very emotional moment and then somebody comes through and pops the balloon, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Dwight gives her as her, it should be his handkerchief and he <laughs> yeah. sits next to her and he puts his arm around her and he says, so you're PMSing really bad, huh? <laughs> it just totally botches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's sweet too. I mean, it is, it's Pam trying to be a good person. Like she thinks, you know, she feels some guilt probably about still liking Jim and you know I mean what a complicated situation and yeah. what a what a, a tough position to be in and I think she really did do the right thing and she tried to and um right. and um I, I it's one of the moments where I really really um like feel for Pam cuz I think there's a those first couple of seasons you are kind of just like dude break up with Roy like what are you doing <laughs> you know, but like this is really a time where it's like, man, I I feel for her. Um, after after this, um, 
we, we've got traveling salesmen. Traveling got, salesmen slash the return. And yes. The reason I say this is because on the DVD they're they're put together as one episode. They are. Yeah. Um, they are written by the same people. Yeah, they are. They're written by the oh. same people, and they're both directed by Greg Daniels. So basically, people in the office get paired off to go make cold calls, and then Oscar makes his return from his three-month paid vacation. Right. There are, okay. Gil and I are going to Europe. Kids, sometimes it pays to be gay. <laughs> this, this season, there are so many returns. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's Oscar... There's Jim, the prodigal. There's Michael, my son yeah. returns. Back from vacation, right? Like, there's just a lot of that going on. There's also Michael thinks that he's going to get the job at corporate and mm-hmm. then returns. <laughs> Mike, um, Michael people returns. coming and going. That's the theme of this. Yeah, season. Michael yeah, returns and, and Pam is like, we didn't do inventory. And he's like, why? And he's like, I specifically took my vacation so that we could, so that I could skip it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, in the islands, they don't care about this kind of thing. And he goes, why do you think so many businesses move to the Caymans? <laughs> Uh, at the end of the return, uh, Jim pranks Andy by hiding his cell phone in the ceiling, prompting Andy to punch a hole in the wall. And he goes away to anger management. Rocks in the treetops. Some people. never to be seen again. I don't think. think funny. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the character of Andy initially was kind of written in to be written out. And I think anger management was supposed to be his exit. But Andy was such a popular character that they brought him back in. Yeah. And I think, again, to highlight a relationship moment. Uh, when it comes to pairing up the characters, we get to see Jim and Andy together, and we get to see Andy get a little bit more shine. Give mm-hmm. me that disc, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then Andy dating that high school a, girl. Gets a laugh, like, <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but what we see is Karen and Phyllis together. And Phyllis says to Karen after they both get makeovers, you know, I'm so glad you're with Jim. You know, after he, after the thing with Pam, you know, I thought he'd never get over her, right? Uh, so kind of, she, yeah, Phyllis right. kind of floats that thing to Karen, Phyllis. and Karen Damn has to have Phyllis. that talk. Damn it, Phyllis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn it, Damn Phyllis. It, Phyllis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Karen has to kind of have this conversation with Jim about Pam, right? And I think that's kind of this this recurring theme is that Karen consistently tries to have these serious talks with Jim about their relationship, and Jim is super resistant to it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's because it's, uh, he doesn't it happens really all the time. like her that much. Right. The and then another thing I think no. I'm so, so sorry no, uh, no. is that. Like Dwight resigns, right? Because he drives the receipts up to corporate to wow. save Angela, right? Uh, and, and Andy comes in as the saboteur, right? Saboteur. Loompa, loompa Dawson. <laughs> Dwight is now gone, which is totally <laughs> awesome. What do you mean? He was such a nice guy. No, he, he was, was not. He, he was, was a total douche. Doobity doo. <laughs> I forgot the second part even uh, happened. <laughs> Meanwhile, Angela is is leering through the blinds. Yeah. Yes, but but again, this is a this is a moment where Dwight, his character is her future right? fiance, right? Yeah. And and Noel is like. Meanwhile, there's this woman who uh, let's call her Noel, right? She she was in a desperate Noel. bind, and this gallant gentleman, let's call him Kurt, right? <laughs> Came through and saved the day, right? And. Uh, Dwight says, why don't I just get up and declare our love? You know, we'll be just like Ryan and Kelly. And Angela says, those are the people I hate most in the whole world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyway, it's just to set up this plot moment, right? And I think uh, something that we see in season three is Dwight's sort of separation from Michael. I think we yeah. see it in the coup. I think we see it here. I think mm-hmm. we see it um, in the job, right? But Dwight shout out to the pancake to... eating scene in the coup. One of my favorites. <laughs> it's all for me. Leave it all. I it's want all on the table. The branch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just like we see them the, them separate, 
in the return, we also see Michael. Uh, Angela explains to Michael what happened. Dwight loves this company. company. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that moment, too, where, you know, like the plants are dying in the office and the, he, Michael realizes that his toys aren't arranged in a creative way every mm-hmm. morning. And it's just like Dwight does all this random stuff after work. <laughs> One of the all-time great bits of camera humor in the office is when Dwight comes back wearing the Shrewd Farms Beat sweater, mm-hmm. and he looks into the party, into the conference room <laughs> with the party, and he goes, you did all this for me? And the camera turns to the banner that says, welcome back, Oscar. <laughs> and then yes. Dwight goes to the pinata, and like they go to give him a blindfold. He goes, no, I don't need it. He just <laughs> yeah, destroys yeah, the pinata. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need yeah. it. Skip, skip. Yeah, um, but that is a sweet moment when Michael goes to Staples to ask him back. Yeah, and then they just walk right out. Right. <laughs> he quits right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Something I've always wanted to do. Uh, hmm. Interesting. There's a string of fantastic episodes after this. I don't know if there's a lot of big story points in Ben We've Franklin, talked about Phyllis's, Phyllis's wedding, wedding business, school. business school, business school. They're all great. They're all great. Episode. They're all great. Cocktails. cocktails. It's a cocktails things. I think cocktails is one to zero in on a little bit. Okay. Like yeah. if we're gonna if we're if you want to gloss over some of the others for the sake of we're, kinda, we're getting through to. this episode. Let's yeah. talk right? about cocktails. Talk directed about cocktails. by JJ Abrams. Yeah. Written uh, by to- written by Toby. Basically what we see is we see Michael and Jan kind of officially sort of declare their love through the love contract, right? Um, and we see them kind of portray that to the to David Wallace, right? We see Jim kind of endear himself to David Wallace, right? Mm-hmm. And as David Wallace says, "What's up with Jan and Michael?" and Jim goes, "Hmm, where to begin?" Right? So yeah, they, yeah. they kind of make that connection. I and don't that, know where to begin. <laughs> the Jim and David Wallace connection sort of bears fruit in season yeah. six when Jim becomes co-manager, right? And then back in Scranton, what we see is Pam kind of come clean to Roy about the fact that she kissed Jim, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they all get together at Poor Richards, right? And, and uh, as Robert California would say, in vino veritas, right? Indeed. And uh, I'm not going to stop trusting my drunken self now. <laughs> and, uh, and Pam kind of, or Pam makes that confession to Roy and Roy gets really upset. Yeah. Um, and That's Kenny, right. We did kind of gloss over that Pam and Roy are kind of connected. Pam and Roy are back together, yeah. you know. In Phyllis's right. wedding, they get back yeah. together yeah. in a way yeah. that in a way that's really sad. And 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 in the Even you know, after you're gone. she sees Pam sees Jim and Karen kind of have these sweet moments together, and then you know, Pam and Roy kind of get together, sort of in that mm. that sort of wedding moment, right? Like they they kind of get together again, yeah. And, uh, it's difficult because Jim sees them leave together as well. So, it's really interesting, too, that the, their song is... Uh, Jewel? Yeah, that song is all about a breakup <laughs> and waiting for that yeah. person to come back. Jim has a very similar like physical affect that he does on the booze cruise, I feel like, in yeah. this part. Yeah. like He has a really similar feeling like where he's totally dejected with Katie on the booze cruise. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, like... No, let's break up. I think I'm done. And he has yeah. the same feeling with Karen in this episode, for sure. Mm. Here's what happens. I'm with Karen. Brangelina is with Frangelina. Yeah. Yeah, like he yeah. just is like, I, whatever. Yeah. It's all done. Yeah. It's, it's it is what it is. Well, I'm going to Stanford. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, this all looks good on this all looks good on paper. So yeah. we're done. Mm-hmm. Um. But back to cocktails. Bummer. Yeah. And then this sets up Roy going after Jim. That's kind of the last beat of this episode. Yeah. yeah. After this episode where Roy says to, says to no one in particular, I'm going to kill Jim Halpert, right? So moving into the negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Roy comes in to attack Jim and Dwight pepper sprays him, neutralizing him, right? Amazing. And uh, in this moment where, where Dwight stands up for Jim and it becomes a moment, just a, like a unique moment in the Jim-Dwight sort of relationship. 
Angela is just loving it. Yeah, she wow. wants to hear everybody's She's getting off to it. She wants to hear everybody's recounts. <laughs> she, she takes home. Toby gives her all the <laughs> the, the whole guy, file the of everyone's story. Walks in with a sock full of nickels. Yeah, Creed is like, I want to say it was really late, like 11 p.m. at night. Then right? fruit comes in with a can of hairspray <laughs> and a lighter. Yeah. And Angela goes, "You're useless, right?" And then Oscar's like, "Dwight stands there like an action hero, right?" Um, but yeah. yeah, in the negotiation, she's this, like, oh, "Wow." <laughs> this prompts Daryl to come in and ask for more money. Which leads to the revelation that Michael is wearing a women's suit, oh and then they drive to. He's like, and it is the- mysterious because the buttons are on the wrong side. Right. Look at the shoulder pads. The pants have no pockets, right? <laughs> European and- cut, made by mysterious, <laughs> and it is mysterious. And uh, he's like, in a negotiation, you can make a lot of you can make a lot of mistakes. My mistake, I accidentally wore women's clothing. <laughs> And then, you know, when he goes into the negotiation, right, eventually the negotiations break down and Jan is like, look, I can give you a 12% raise, but you have to ask for 15. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's going on with you? And yeah. he's like, I had the worst day. You know, first this Roy thing, and then I accidentally cross-dressed. <laughs> and then Daryl thinks he's such a man, right? Like, that's a recurring <laughs> thing. And then I come up here and you have this new boy toy, right? Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. I wish you would let me know that you would uh, hire yeah, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Well, we then, I mean, this, so the last, like, it's the last, like, six episodes, it's hard to gloss over each one of them because, like, mm. they're all so good. I mean, there's like, a, yeah. But, like, the negotiation, like, so much happens during the negotiation. Even in safety training, like, the relationship between the warehouse and Michael is such a funny relationship. Like, mm-hmm. and they have it throughout the show. Like, one of the last things he does on, on Michael's final day is shooting. The basket in the warehouse, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things we see in, in in season one. This idea that Michael has to kind of prove his manhood and his masculinity is kind yes. of brought out in the safety yeah. training episode. There's, yeah. there's, uh, there's actually just so many genuinely sweet moments. I, I Like at the end of the negotiation, Jan leveling with Michael and saying, you know, just recognizing that he's having a tough time and that he should she should give him the raise. Um Safety training when Dwight, uh, when, uh, sorry, Daryl has to talk Michael down from actually jumping off of the roof. Uh, I mean, the, those moments I, I think are so important to this season. Going through it now with you guys right now, I'm just realizing how many of them there are. Yeah. Where you really sympathize for the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as the show goes on, you start to get away from that a little bit. I think in general, kind of the beauty of this show is that you have characters that, on one hand, you have a character like Michael or Dwight that is on the surface incredibly flawed and maybe ignorant or offensive or does these things that kind of harms the characters, right? But you still end up rooting for them because you see these sort of kernels of what they want and what they need and like what they're sort of, um, what they're kind of going for and what they kind of are trying to get from the world. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you see on the flip side of that is characters like Jim and Pam, who on the surface are very relatable, right? But also very Mm -hmm. flawed and very human, right? That's a good point. They very, they very rarely are perfect, right? You think about the way that Jim and Pam sort of treat each other, right? The way that Jim treats Karen through the whole course of the season, the way that Pam, you know, feels this need to kind of step into Jim and Karen's relationship and kind of help them out. But at the same time, like that's to her own detriment to some extent, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think that's, like a really good thing that we see kind of borne out through the course of this season. Well, and, and, and you mentioned like, like not only are these all, all these sort of Venn diagrams of all these characters and they're sort of, it's season three, they're starting to sort of forge connections around each other where they don't all need to be directly related to the main characters in some way. Like, and then in the middle of that, there's injecting all of these like 
instances of power throughout this entire mm. season. Like it starts that way. Mm. It starts with some posturing between like Andy and Dwight and these them coming together. There's the whole thing of Michael wanting to go to corporate. And then it ends, I mean, with Beach Game, the job. The entire time it's about like like you sort of say this this like this like power kind of manhood for Michael the whole mm. time. Uh, it just creates like this season's so good at creating these situations to develop the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's, and it's always just people not get, not getting what they want. Right. Right. And, and it's like the desires and of coming to terms with that, mm-hmm. trying to either console themselves or each other to say it's, it's okay to not get what you want. And yeah. You have oh yeah. To move on. Right. In the safety training episode, Michael is on the roof of a building saying, <laughs> what is there that's worthwhile in my life? Right. Yeah. And the other characters yeah. have to convince him of that. I hate Daryl has to go, <laughs> Jan, sweet, sweet, beautiful Jan. Jan. Yeah, right. Things aren't good with Jan. Right. Like the, this idea that, you know, Michael is, is, is really kind of, you know, and then he's like, I'll jump off the edge and then they'll all learn their lesson. And then maybe they think, oh, maybe I should have been nicer to Michael. Right. I'll take a few more bounces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and that, that kind of theme continues, I think, through. I mean, like, in, I mean, product, product, women's appreciation. Oh, we've talked about these episodes before. Like, we, we talked about women's appreciation. Yeah, a lot, during I the think, Michael and Jan thing. Yeah, that's think, another one of like Michael's masculinity is completely on trial throughout mm-hmm. that entire episode. Jan has this schoolgirl fantasy. Oh, that's a pretty common one. I just, <laughs> I have a hard time wearing the dress. Yeah. <laughs> Again, them consoling him. Except actually, this time, them being like, you don't have to accept this. You, you can end it right now. Yeah. And then he does it so badly. <laughs> yeah. Carlson leaves the voicemail. They're all just like, no, no. Um, oh, that's the worst possible way. All right. I think kind of to wrap this up, wrap yeah. up the season, like yeah. the kind of, for me, the signature moment of season three is always beach games. Oh, yeah, that is like the sure. standout episode of season three. 100%. It mm-hmm. is the most singular, I think episode of this season. It's the, it feels the most unique, right? You almost could call it a bottle episode. Right. It, and it, 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 it's ship in a bottle beach. episode. It's yeah. funny how much it, that one episode addresses everything we just talked about too. Because like we talked about this whole season having uh, be, could probably exist on its own. Like you could just if the office was one season, this is probably the one I would want to exist. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's what like Beach Games is people confronting all of these things, and it's like it's the second to last episode, which is always like such an exciting episode right, for big right, shows where right. it's like it sets up the final spike of whatever it's going to be, which yeah. means, you know, Pam has that whole, after she's doing the firewalk, she does the talk. Right. You get all these characters like, Hey, what if we took all these, what if we took all these times where people are sort of surreptitiously trying to gain power and we just literally have them play games for it. Yeah. Like, and it's like, do you Jane really expect care. us to believe you're making this decision <laughs> on this basis? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, stand like in the sumo costumes. Uh, uh, Andy floating away. On Remember to always wear the safety mittens. <laughs> <laughs> I must have left them in my car. I have to call out maybe the greatest physical comedy moment on the show, which is oh, wow. Andy going to drop the napkin in the water and <laughs> yeah. falling into the lake. Why is he doing that? The ratio of his size compared to this the the task, like <laughs> how tiny that? that napkin is. Yeah, is and then the fact that he like slowly shuffles down that rock like it it's, yeah. it's so perfect i also speaking of that i sent i think i sent you guys a meme i love it uh, <laughs> i love it so much i know exactly what that was yeah. it's a photo of uh 
Pam and uh, what's his name? Brian. Brian. The Cameron. sound guy from uh, season nine. Only knowing you a short while, Brian. That's not the same thing. So. <laughs> and then it says, uh, and then it says above that, uh, you know, uh, camera crew in season nine when Pam gets upset. <laughs> then it's the picture of Andy out in the middle of the lake, and it says camera crew when season three Andy is literally <laughs> stuck like, in the middle of a life lake. is in danger yeah. Yeah. there's that scene where like he's they don't floated do anything. he's floated all the way to the yeah. edge of the lake and there's, there's a light like on a him and he goes, hello my name is Andrew Bernard I'm a group from Dunder Mifflin and the light just turns off yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> where is Andy Andy's never here today <laughs> but again like I think what we see in beach games is sort of this um, kind of the end of what is sort of normalize things in the office. Michael is sort of the one in charge completely, right? Yeah. He is sort of dictating what's going on. Pam is very much marginalized, literally put on the sidelines, right? Yeah. Um, until she speaks up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim and Stanley and Annie and Dwight are all kind of competing, right, to be the next one in line, right? This is uh, it's sort of a metaphor for what the first three sh- uh, seasons of the show are, right? Mm-hmm. And then as we go into season four, we see Pam speak up and kind of break the mold a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Begin the pattern of kind of coming into her own. You see... Jim and Dwight and Andy and Stanley not so much, but like they kind of go their own ways is trying to be more independent, right? Yeah. Jim vies for the corporate job, right? Eventually yeah. Andy or, I mean, you see Dwight, you know, making plays for the branch, right? You see Andy eventually also asserts his own agency later on where he tries to become famous and when he is the branch manager, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think Beach Games is kind of this last moment where the show is kind of held together by these same sort of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, dynamics, right? And then we begin to see the breakage of that in the next episode when Ryan goes to corporate, right? Right. And the whole show begins to change. So I think Beach Games is kind of this last sort of penultimate moment where mm-hmm. the show is a certain way. Pam yeah. runs across yeah. the coals. Yeah. All then, alone, not even anyone watching. Right. And Pam says, like, I feel really good right now. Like, I just yeah. have these things in my mind that I yep. have to say. Yep. And in, earlier in the episode, she's like, I have the most boring job in the office. Why wouldn't I have the most boring job here? Right. Yeah. I also so, got to yeah. say in this episode, too, seeing everyone sing together I on the it. I love it. Is 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 one of those time like I don't I don't know if there's many other moments before this in the in whole three seasons before this that you really see the whole office on the same page. Like yeah, as that's a good point. As this family that Michael has always imagined it right. to be. Right. Yeah. And see, what a I mean what a, what a great writing choice to mm-hmm. have this all happen out of the office yeah like it's it's just such a good move without toby yeah without toby <laughs> yeah. uh it's just it's i don't know it, it is fantastic that is uh that the toby's and not the there night grew but, very quiet <laughs> but uh but i i think that not only is it watching those those characters come together it's also the that en- ensemble cast yeah. having really bonded and really I I just feel like you can feel their excitement as as a cast about this show and about like just I don't know in that last in that Flintstones mm-hmm. thing where everyone la- at the very end where everyone laughs at the <laughs> where Michael is like yeah, yeah. yeah I love it I think that I I just can feel that energy yeah um, let's oh, so okay let's, let's wrap move it up. on quick wrap up. finale yeah, quick wrap the up. job yeah. I mean, the job is is kind of a, a really important episode. It's the first hour long episode in the history of the show, Ooh. and I think what we see is these characters sort of moving on to this next stage, right? If if Beach Games is the last moment where they're all at the same level, they're all kind of looking to push forward together, right? Mm. Michael assumes that he's moving forward, and he gives Dwight the promotion prematurely, right? 
Jim gets a haircut, is like taking himself a little more seriously, is going for the corporate job, right? Karen is also going for the corporate job, right? All of these characters are looking to make this next move. We don't see Ryan interview for the job at all, but he is the one who ends up getting it at the right. very end. Sneaky. And Jim has to kind of confront his past and his present and his future, right? While he's sitting there interviewing for the job, it seems to be going incredibly well. He's right. clearly endeared himself to David, David Wallace, Wallace, right? David Wallace loves Jim. And what he sees from Pam is the Dundee or the Office Olympics medal, right? Mm. And the note that says, like, don't forget about us, right? Mm. And so Jim eventually decides to take himself out of consideration, right? Wow. And to go back into to Scranton and ask Pam on a date, right? Yeah. Of course, I mean, it's not without a downside. He, lives, he, he leaves, leaves Karen, Karen in New York. Yeah, crying in a fountain, right? Yeah. So it's not without, you know, it's not Which like... Which we learn later. I, again, this idea that these characters, on one hand, are doing things that we see as kind of fulfilling character moments in their journey, but also like really flawed and not perfect and, mm. and kind of terrible, right? Like yeah, the way he treats yeah, yeah, Karen yeah. throughout the, seri- the, the season. It's you not know? good. Mm. Right. <laughs> And uh, just I'm thinking of when Michael is eating this lemon cake and he's like, not good. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm thinking of. But but again, uh, we see this all kind of play out in a certain way. And Michael makes his return. To mm-hmm. your point, right? Uh, about <laughs> he does make Dwight the manager, right? And, and Dwight and Andy start painting painting, painting the, the office, office black, black. right? It's incredible. And he's like, my first move, promote Andrew Bernard to my number two. And he's like, my first move, accept. He's like, like you had any other course of option, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and going to when when Jim has Pam on a date, I think like not only is that one of the best, just bet heartwarming moments mm-hmm. in the whole entire show. I mean, it's it's this release of tension in a way, like the kiss. The kiss in Casino Night mm-hmm. was a big release tension, yeah. and it's immediately like, we can't do this. Yeah. And Jim leaves. Yeah. And this is the time when you're like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. And, this and, is actually going to happen now. Yes. And I think this moment is meant to really, I think it's meant to pay a little bit of homage to the BBC office, because like I was saying at the beginning, when like if you could just have this season be the entire show, what a what a perfect way to end with Jim knocking on the door, leaning in and asking Pam on a date, which mm. is exactly how the BBC office kind of ends is with Tim walking in and finally asking Don on a date. And she says, yes. And that's the end. And I think too, I mean, for this moment, right, Pam is giving a talking head about like where she is in life and how she hopes for the best for Jim. Exactly. Right? And there's this moment where she's, she's rationalizing. She's making the best of a situation. She's like ready to move on. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, she's making the best of a situation that isn't perfect or ideal or exactly what she wants. And Jim comes in and he breaks up a talking head by opening the door and he but, asks her on the date and she says, yes. And then she says, I'm sorry, what was the question? Right. Yeah. So it, it interrupts the whole dynamic of things happening and Pam has to kind of react to what's going on yeah. where you know, all of a sudden, like, it's been totally interrupted. And, She's, yeah. She says, I haven't heard anything, but I bet Jim got the job. I mean, why wouldn't he? He's totally qualified and smart, and everyone loves him. And even if he never comes back, that's okay. We're friends, and yeah. I'm sure we'll stay friends. We just, we never got the timing right, you know? I shot him down, and then he did the same to me. And But you know what? It's okay. I'm totally fine. Everything is going to be totally, and then... Yeah, And what we see from Jim is Jim kind of interrupting the flow, right? Where like Hmm. Pam is with Roy and that's kind of the natural flow. And then Jim is with Karen and that's kind of the flow. And And Jim finally sort of asserts himself. He's like, no, like I'm like, you know, I mean. What what a great cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. To kind of take himself and be like, no, no, no. This is what I want to do. Like I want to go back to Scranton. I want to take Pam. Like this is my life. And he's taking agency and he's kind of acting in that way. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Season three. Um, Way to wrap up. So... Good. What a fantastic season. 
as a concluding thought to the season when I was watching it and thinking about it, like we've talked, one of our early episodes is about the peak of The Office, right? When is The Office peak? We kind of agreed on season four-ish, right? But yeah. And looking at this season, I actually kind of think season three, season three, season, season three is kind of the individual moment, and, oh, and it's a perfect it's, season. It's not just in terms of what we see and what we like in the show, but like if you think about critical reception, you think about audience popularity, you think about viewership, right? Oh yeah, this, all these people are becoming stars. At I this don't moment. think it's a coincidence that this is a season where a lot of people jumped in on The Office and became really big fans. Yep. You know, I think season three is is, and you know, we talk about. In later seasons, how they had other characters and how you kind of miss that they don't have Aaron or Gabe or whomever it is in the earlier seasons. But like to some extent, like having less characters allows them to be a little more nimble to focus in on certain plot dynamics. Right. And like what is the office? Right. Michael's well-meaning, enthusiastic, but often ignorant, offensive and insensitive enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What is, you know, Dwight's confident and his kind of contentious nature and how kind of combative he is. And then Jim and Pam's romantic tension in spite of what are very realistic obstacles, yeah, you know? Yeah. And we see all three of those things like play oh, out 100%. tremendously. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, that was a lot of fun recapping that. How about we have a little conference room in five minutes? All right. You know what? That's it. Conference room, five minutes. Okay. So I have conference room this week and I wanted to share with you something that I found in doing my homework for this episode. Really quickly, and I know this is a visual cue that I'm giving you, but okay. it's an auditory format. Yes. Do you guys know who this is? I'm showing them my laptop. Oh, oh, this is a woman who uh, th- she is in seasons one and two, and she. I have no idea who that she's is. She's just okay. This is just some random lady who looks is like an she's extra. sitting in the conference room. Yeah, she's a she's a background. Uh, uh, actor and uh, we'll put this photo. I'll stop you right there. We'll put okay. this photo All in. Right. The po- All we'll right. put this All photo right. in the post. So you her name see. is Luann. She has a name, right? Okay. When I was researching, you know, this this uh, this uh, episode, I was reading one of the office recaps, and the last line is, "Luann is visible working at her desk," and I was like, "Luann." Who's Luann? Right? Yeah. If yeah. I miss this, ca- and all my repeated viewings of The Office, have I missed one character? Does yeah. she have any lines? Yeah. Does she have any? And the answer is no. She's just brought out. <laughs> she, but she appears in several episodes. Is she, she in season three? Seasons one through three. So what? In these episodes, the Alliance in the background when Michael eats ice cream cake. Hot girl in the background during Dwight's talking head. Office Olympics observing several events, including horse. The fight leaving the office at the end of the day. What? The secret cleaning her desk while Jim no. confesses his crush oh, to Pam. No. The carpet no. talking to Kelly in the background. Drug testing, working at her desk when Dwight talks what? to the nurse. No, 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 no. The coup, working at I the don't... desk when the Dwight coup? goes for Angela. Grief counseling, working at her desk what? when Michael com- comforts Kelly. Where is her desk? A Benny Hanna Christmas. No, no. Working at her desk you when, shut your mouth. when Toby feels Kevin's rope and back from vacation. Working at her desk when Pam enters the break room while Jim is Where is no. her desk? What department <laughs> does you work for? I refuse to believe that is real. Is she in the is she in the bullpen or is she in the She's in the annex. She's working alongside Toby. She's right? in the annex. Okay, yeah. that picture looks familiar. Yeah, I'm showing them a couple other screenshots from Well, these that's different from season episodes. 1. Wow. Season 1 I get three. it. But you're telling me season she's in 2 and 3. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Who, yeah. You get out of here. There's a you get the where, hell that out moment of here. where they're all wearing robes and you know how like they're one short robe and Right. Michael's yeah. like, take it from Toby, and right? Toby's like There's so a moment where he feels Kevin's robe <laughs> yeah. in the break room. You can see her through the window. In the in what? the in the in the break room, dude. Yeah. I, okay, I'm surprised and that by season three they were still. Did she go to Beach Day? No, she doesn't go to. Hey, Beach Hey, go day. to our Facebook because we'll post this. Yeah, and if I, I'm like I'm a little, I'm a little stunned right now. I'm in the I'm, I was in the same zone, right? I and knew that there were I knew that there were other 
people in the office in season but one. But none of two. them have had names, and none of them have had we're re- into season this three. Many repeated yeah. appearances. Right? Back from vacation. And supposedly, goodness. supposedly in a web chat, Greg Daniels identifies her as, as Luann. Right. Wow. And Greg Daniels' kind of perspective was that it would be better to have characters that aren't named or aren't identified as part of this sort of office dynamic. But in general, it's just like when I went through and looked at this, I was like, there is a ghost in the machine. <laughs> you know? No kidding. There's something that I've never noticed after That's like all the these times weird, watching the show. Like yeah. Berenstein Bears thing right. where people are like, no, she doesn't the, exist. The Mandala, like, she was there the whole time. The Mandala effect is what that's <laughs> called. Right. There you Basically, go. what Alex is talking about, if you ever read the Berenstein Bears as a kid, right? Like, think about how that's spelled. But whenever you go to look at a Berenstein Bears book, it's spelled with an A I N at the end. The Berenstein Bears. It's crazy. It makes no sense like, at no, all. It's upsetting. Not. All no, of it's this not. is upsetting. It feels like evidence of time travel. Is what <laughs> yeah. it feels like. But anyway, a glitch in the matrix. Luann, anyway. a glitch in the matrix. Ghost in the machine. Check all it out, right. Luann. Big stuff here on the Michael Scott Podcast Company. Let's do trivia. Let's have some trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Woo! Today's trivia comes from season three, episode nine. Naturally. Episode nine. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, episode nine. The merger. Nope. Benihana Christmas. Nope. Back from vacation. Nope. I feel like I'm right I in the zone. Was we just referenced it a few times. We referenced it several times this episode. Um, I'm not sure. I. It is the convict. Oh, the convict. Oh, the okay. convict. Okay. Yes, the convict. What is the cold open for this episode? Uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> this is finding to be the, one of the harder trivia questions. Is it when they get the call from Jan? No. Okay. No, Michael oh, oh, does. D- is Dwight dressed as Jim? No, other way around. No, Jim is dressed as That's Dwight. Right. Michael does a, an impression. Michael gets under a desk during this call. Oh, oh, he's the baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of May those I? babies from Look Who's Talking. <laughs> May I? Yeah, mom. yeah one, I'm thirsty, mom. Yes. I wrote this question and forgot to write the exact answer, so okay. I'm going to move well, on. Okay. Okay. There's no. the question was. What is the specific program that Josh takes advantage of? Oh, I mean, it's like the... It's like a federal work program. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, like, I meant to write the name. For some reason, I didn't. Okay. Uh, uh, write to us and tell us what... Print in all colors yeah, initiative. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You said one of these, so let's get the other. But Michael references... Uh, two black men he trusts even more oh, than a man. white man. Who are I the two? I couldn't think of the other besides Apollo Creed. Uh, it's Apollo Creed. Barack Obama. I bet you'll no. be able to get it. Think about who would Michael think of? Tim Meadows or something like that. No. <laughs> Tim Meadows was on the show. No. I don't know. Um, he is he, the father of a fellow NBC I mean, show star. Does he say Martin Luther King Jr.? No. Does he say... Donald it Glover. It's Danny Glover. Danny, Danny Glover. Ah, yes. uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, um, what class does Martin take in prison? What class did he take? Business classes. No. Finance classes. No, he knew several in. people who took business classes that uh, went on to do okay. extraordinary things, but Martin himself took a... Watercolors. I yes. Don't know. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He yeah, was a guest right. to be like, uh, uh, sculpting. Yeah. That was amazing because that was wow. probably in your head somewhere. I almost said finger painting. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. that's in there. You've seen that episode enough. It's yeah, in there. And yeah. you, you recalled it. Mm-hmm. That's, in, that's just incredible stuff. Uh, okay. Um, this is good. This is very useful information all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the main <laughs> crime that prison Mike committed? Oh, the marquee um, crime. What specifically? Stealing the what? president's rubies. He or no, kidnapping no, the president's he, daughter. 
Well, okay. Oh, the president's well, son. <laughs> yes, yes. And he never got caught, neither. And held him for <laughs> ransom. Thank you. Stealing the president's rubies is something from Parks and Rec with Burt yes. Macklin. <laughs> yes. But all the crimes are I stole, I robbed, and I kidnapped the president's son and held him for ransom. And I never got caught, I never neither. never got caught, neither. Uh, what when was, was the, the last food? time we had a presidential son? What yeah. was the food? Uh, Baron Trump? Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, Baron. Okay. Uh, what and were. Eric Trump. <laughs> Eric Trump. And Donald Trump Donald Jr. Jr. I can't believe yes. we went to Baron first. Um. What were the what's the food that prison Mike had in prison? Gruel sandwiches. Gruel sandwiches. <laughs> um, There's two others. Oh, oh I don't bad. know. Gruel omelets. Gruel omelets. <laughs> and you can eat your own hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Okay. Last question. Uh, this is actually the, I'll do it in two questions. What's the B storyline in this episode? In the convict? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. Jim, with Jim and Pam. Is it Dwight and Jim Andy? And, Jim and Pam and Andy. It's between the three of them. Oh, is Andy is hitting on oh. Pam. Yes, correct. And Jim oh. Jim is... Oh. Set, uh, Jim the, moment, is a, the moment where... I'm so horny. Talking about that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> where Andy's like talking to Jim about who he should set, like you, you should, he should go after, right? Yeah. And he's like, what about Pam? And she, he looks over at Pam, and Pam looks up at him, which is like the sweetest, most yeah, innocent look. I know. And he goes, yes, that's who yes. you should go after. Yes. Right? Uh, I thought that was an absolutely moment, but he doesn't actually see that. Um, so oh, I live to froth. <laughs> yes. So what, what does Pam not like? Oh. So there's one, two... Okay. There's one, Pig two, Latin. three. There's four Disc things. golf. <laughs> Falsetto uh, singing. Rainbow connection. Banjo. One, there's t- uh, two more. Wait, so what, Sorry, did we get, what did we get right? So you got frisbee-based competitions, uh-huh. which is not disc golf. It's frisbee-based competitions. Yeah, yeah, okay. Pig Latin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he just asks, can you sing in a high falsetto voice? Okay. And then there's you know two. <laughs> and then there's two other specific things she says she doesn't like. Playing guitar, or playing no. an instrument. Can you play an instrument? He can play okay. banjo. But he mentions things she loves, which is things she hates. Uh-huh. There's two more. Man, I don't know. One I is hunting. Know. You're probably not going to get that okay, one. Yeah. And then the last one, I feel like you could get because it's weird. I don't know. Leaving her at a minor league hockey game. No, those. <laughs> no, it's the Six Flags ads. Yep. Real quick, did you say that Donald Glover, or sorry, Danny Glover was the father of Donald Glover? Yes. Just now, that's not true. It's not true. That no. is not true. He talks about it in his stand-up how it's not true. Oh, it's a rumor. I just wanted to clear that up for uh, for it's a our rumor. fans. They're not related at all. They are not related at all. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, His father guys- is actually Crispin Glover. So. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can check us up, check us out on Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We're on Instagram at, at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a phone number that you can call. That's 503-694-9314. You can we leave got us a message. A bunch of voicemails. Oh we're we're ready for a mailbag. Yeah, we need to do a mailbag. Yeah. yeah, we're going to do up. a mailbag next time. Um, so please go ahead, call that number, leave us comments, leave us questions, um, things you'd love uh, to hear us talk about on the show. Go ahead. Um, uh, post on, uh, post on our, uh, any of our social medias uh, what the answer to uh, Alex's it. unanthered question is. Ask us questions in person. The federal work program what, what's Josh the, Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and, uh, and tune in next week when we'll talk about 
Something else. Rid it do. Thanks for listening, guys. They call it Scranton. What? The Electric City. Scranton. What? The Electric City. Lazy Scranton. The Electric City. They call it that because of the electricity. The city's laid out from east to west, and our public parks and libraries are truly the best. Call poison control if you're bit by a spider. But check that it's covered by your health care provider. Plenty of space in the parking lot. But the little cars go in the compact spot. 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 Snack attack time. Don't lose your head. We like Cuginos for the tasty bread. They call it Scranton. What? The Electric City. Scranton. What? The Electric City. Scranton. What? The Electric City. Scranton. What? The Electric Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.